broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Thanks for joining us. Happy Balls Wednesday. Hope you're well. Let's get it out there right at the top. Recorded today, off tomorrow and Friday. That said, caveat, we will have Lee Sterling's bowl game picks and my mother and I going head-to-head for some more NFL picks. That will be released tomorrow. Today, normal Jeff Cameron Show, recorded around... 11 a.m., so right before we came on the air normally. So it's not that much. There's not a lot going on, but we got content for you, and we have a hearty thanks to give right off the top here as well to our friends at the Guardian Ad Litem, to our friends at District 850, and all of you, those who participated, those who came by, those that sent in kind, generous, generous pledges, whatever it might have been, gifts, you name it, uh, to the cause. Uh, The bowling tournament took place last night, went off without a hitch as usual. A bunch of great people came out. And uh, the benevolence is always greatly appreciated. Uh, The contributions to a very worthy cause have put a big smile on all of our faces. And uh, most importantly, the kids of the Guardian Ad Litem will benefit, and they will do so, again, because of the generosity uh, that you guys have shown. So I want to thank everybody who was involved with that. I want to thank my friends at warchant.com who came out, my whole team, all, everybody out here. We are all uh, in it together, having a good time, and uh, and and trying to do what we can uh, to to raise a little money, uh, some 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 toys, and all that good stuff for the kids. It worked out swimmingly. Um, so we appreciate that. Also, thank you, Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, for providing the grand prize for our winners. Congratulations to Team Birkin uh, and everybody else that had a good time, we hope. Uh, And also my thanks to the Battles Inn Collective uh, for their contribution to the cause as well. And so it is. Right off the top, I just want to say we're in a great mood because that could not have gone any better. Yes, and we will get hard numbers this year. We're going to report those to everybody once we get them in terms of gift card donations. The toys, are that's harder to encapsulate. Yeah, and there were a ton of toys. But uh, because we're going to have a target for next year. And, and for the next time we do an event for the Guardian Ad Line, we want a hard target that to, we're going to beat. We're going to beat it next year. And uh, it's just when you see the folks who work very, very hard 365 days a year and advocate for these kids and they are surprised in a great way. And it's, oh, it's the best. And they're touched. That is the legacy that all of you um, are a big part of. So thank you all out there for your contributions. And on a small side note, sir, uh, I, I was unable to complete a third game before they closed the, uh, the event down. 
Uh, and it was fine because we went to a close and District 850 is incredibly generous with their time and their resources. And uh, we look forward to seeing them again next year. But I was on the brink of going 160 or 170 territory mm. in game three last night. To say that the watermark was accomplished would be an understatement, sir. Hit the watermark last night after a god-awful first game. Yeah, you know, you are interesting. You have the same problem every year, no matter the year, in game one. It's like you're trying to execute a golf swing on the bowling alley. You swing across your body with the bowling ball, and I always think you're going to hurt your knee. I can see you grimace sometimes when you do it, and I'm like, what's he doing? He's going to tear... He's going to tear his ACL out here at a charity bowling tournament. And um, anyhow, I'm glad you did not tear your ACL. The other common trait with you at the bowling tournament is that you always fix it by game two. It's either early in game two, midway through game two, but I know in that moment, oh, he's back. Here comes some good scores. And it happened again last night. So that was good. That was good. We had a good time. We did have a good time. And uh, Bill from the corner pockets, always on the team. We miss trainer Bill. He'll be back next year. Yeah. But it's, it's always nice to have that to hold on to. Is that that squad's been running together since I don't know, maybe the beginning of the ESPN days? So I talked to Stacy uh, from the Guardian Ad Litem there last night, and she found I don't know, she was going through the archives at, uh, at, at Gal there, and she was looking at um, pictures from events of yesteryear. And she was asking me, uh, I met a man named Eric, who's an attorney in town, was helping out with them. And he came by as well. And Eric's going to bowl with us next year. And he, they, they were asking me, how long have we been doing this? And I said, I, I, I really don't know. I feel like it's been close to 20 years, if not 20 years. We've been doing it a long time. We've been doing it a long time. I know that. And she said, well, it's got to be at least 15. And I said, why? She goes, I found a 15-year-old picture of you smiling at an event uh, at Capitol uh, Lanes. And another time, she goes, I found an even older picture of you at Crenshaw. And she's right. The old Crenshaw was where we started. That's how, that's how it all got started. So I do think it's been, you know, maybe 20 years that we've been doing this, which is so effing cool because it's grown and grown and grown. And now it's, it's got a life of its own. People like to do it. I just need to mention the date and it fills up in two seconds. And it's, it, I don't know. It's just exciting. That to me is an uplifting aspect. One of many that this job provides the bottom line is you got a microphone. You can tell everybody, Hey, we're doing a charitable event. The bottom people do good things for each other. And it's just cool to be able to, to, to make mention of it, kind of rally the troops, if you will, because yeah. of the platform and it happens. And you'll see on the screen, gal2.org slash donate. Uh, you, you still can. And they're checking those. And so, you know, it goes straight to them if you want to do that. So I asked them about that because there's usually a little sweet spot. And this is, again, behind the curtain stuff. It's just all it make it puts you in the mood for the season. Sure. It, it, this is what it's supposed to be about. And I said, you know, <clears throat> I asked rather is around the 10th, 15th, the sweet spot in terms of gathering toys. So you could make sure that these, you know, young people have the Christmas that that you all want them to have the holidays that you want them to have. And they said, honestly, it could even be later closer to the day because there are times that we have new cases and new children come to our attention right up to the day of the holiday. So the reason I bring that up is if you missed out or you said, oh, maybe I'll, I'll help next year and you have the means, this is the link right here, gal2.org slash donate. If you're listening on the podcast or the radio, G-A-L, the number two, dot org slash donate. 
you could go to that website at that takes you to the donate page, but you can click around the entire website to see and verify for yourself so that your conscience is satisfied. Yeah. About what yeah. these folks do. You don't have to take our word for it. You can trust us if you like, but mill around that site. If you didn't get a chance this year, it is a direct PayPal payment into a bank account that they control and that they use for the best of purposes. So if, if you can make the means happen or make it happen by any means, gal2.org slash donate. We appreciate your generosity. And to those of you that already have, it's been noted and they were smiling when they were talking about the ledger this year. So thank you all so much. Yeah, they were, they were over the moon. It was, it was cool to watch. Like you said, it just touches the heart. Uh, Florida State defensively good last night in basketball. We don't spend a lot of time on a lost season these days on the JCS. I'd love to somehow envision a time by which they go on a heck of a roll and we're talking about the possibility of the tournament train, but it's been such a disaster. They're three and nine now, um, and, and they did get that win. They've now won two straight. This was a lopsided, easy 80-63 to 63 victory over South Carolina upstate. Uh, Matthew Cleveland starting to look more like himself, 16 points, 7-14 shooting, uh, 10 boards. He had a double-double, looked good. Uh, Darren Green Jr. is a very good scorer. We know he can shoot. He did again last night with 15. Kale Mills added 13. Dehema Cloud with 12. And Cameron Corrin, who I like a lot, by the way, uh, Tom, we don't talk about him, but we, we ought to. He played well again, had 10 more points. He's a good player, Corrin is. He's he's big, strong kid, and he's only going to get better. So uh, I just wish we could have seen this fully realized roster, the, 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 you know, the guys that they brought in. Bob Miller could have started the year for us. Obviously, you had the kid from Brown who got hurt, uh, who was uh, a Ganey, who was going to be uh, a big-time rebounder and shot blocker and defensive presence. Um, they they might have ended up being a pretty good basketball team. As it turns out, injuries, the NCAA, a series of like really unlucky moments. Cameron Fletcher getting hurt already after he was coming on strong. So, you know, you just feel like you chalk this up to a lost campaign, but – they're still fighting. They're still trying to trying hard, and they won a game last night. It, it's worth mentioning. Yeah, and when you get Bob Miller back and the ACC being what it is right now this season, um, I mean, you, you could make some noise with some wins. It's not – you're not going to the tournament short of winning the conference title, the tournament title, I should say. Uh, one magical week in Greensboro. We can all hope for that. It's just that, you know, you wish that you could see this whole group play – but this is a journey where they're getting better. Purdue has been the number one team in the country now, ranked twice in a row uh, at the top of the polls. And Florida State was right there, possession for possession with them for longer than anybody expected. They gave Florida a run for their money as well. Then they collapsed at the end. Yeah. But this is a group that can compete, even as deficient and, and thin as they are and inexperienced as they are in a lot of places. This is a team that can compete with the upper crust just don't expect them to win 15, 20 games. But if they can use this time to get better in, in terms of that inexperience, getting them experience, then you get Bob. Well, you're not going to get Bob Miller. Maybe you get Ganey back next yeah. year for an extra season because of the medical hardship. Maybe you can flip this thing around and, and have a run at the, uh, the choo-choo next season. That's what this is about is now building for the long term for next year. That sucks, but you might pick up a couple of wins where you go, how about them Knowles? Along yeah. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I, they're playing hard. They haven't given up on the season. They're not loafing. None of the stuff that is usually, well, none of the stuff that coincides with seasons getting off to a disastrous start. So that's good. The locker room's not lost. Speaking of which, 
should be noted again, we're at that time of year where you're kind of in between, which is why Tom and I will be taking a couple of days off. Uh, again, don't worry. We'll have uh, my mom's picks and Lee Sterling's bowl bonanza and all that stuff. I'll have that for you tomorrow. Uh, but, but the show itself is pretty much gone tomorrow and Friday. We're back on Monday. But we do want to report any newsworthy items involving Florida State. That roster continues to get better with the additions and transfer portal stuff. I imagine some more stuff will break. We do know this as well. Uh, the groundbreaking ceremony for the football-only facility uh, and the football center is going to take place on Saturday. So they are doing that. They are breaking ground. You remember, Tom, we talked about that for the longest time. We were of the mindset that you needed to divert whatever funds that were being contributed to the collective, uh, you know, to that center or away from that center and to the collective, however you wanted to argue it, you know, which was more important. And we were talking about player acquisition being more important. But at the end of the day, things are working out for Florida State. They have a collective that's aggressive, that is signing players, and we're in a good spot financially. And they're going to be able to break ground and start the football-only facility. I imagine that is the last of the major uh, building projects centered around FSU football for a while. Yeah, I'd agree. And uh, the the timeline to complete that, as I understand it, is the summer of 2024, so that when we get to fall camp of the 24 season, everything will look as it should. And I got to tell you, I'm excited to see, just as a media member, you know, those meeting rooms that overlook the field, and, you know, they, they drop down the projection screen in those meeting rooms, but it's just a glass uh, it looks like a, a lot of modern-day NFL stadiums or practice yeah. facilities. I don't know if that's where we're going to watch practice. I'm sure that's where post-practice availabilities are going to be. I like it because it just looks badass when yeah. you walk into it and, and you cover something. But that's what I feel, and I'm 36. I'll be 38 at the time that that's done, or 37, turning 38. And these 19-year-olds that are just joining us as transfers, these 17-year-olds that are checking out the campus – they're going to think it's badass too. So I like nice, shiny things for the kids. That used to be the only thing we were allowed to talk about pre-NIL. It's still important in the era of the NIL that you stay up to date and competitive. Uh, I look forward to seeing what the finished product looks like. But good, it's about damn time they break ground. We've been talking about this thing since, uh, I don't even know, when, when you were in your 40s probably. <laughs> Yes, it, it, we have been talking about it since I was in my 40s, and, uh, and it, we were talking about it back when Jimbo was here, so it's been a minute. Um, you know, I never cared all that much. I, too, like shiny things. I was here when it was the Erector set, and I watched the additions. I remember when they added on within the stadium, basically the film school was at it, you know, all that stuff. I watched as they built that. I used to be able to drive through on Pensacola Street and look over at the, you know, all the things you can't do now, like all that stuff that went straight through. I watched all of that happen. I'm dating myself here, but, you know, when you when you arrive in the early 90s and now here we are in 2022, I mean, this is what happens. And I have seen a lot, so much so that the campus is virtually unrecognizable at times and you one can get lost. And all the places you used to be able to drive through or walk through, you cannot. So I very... Very rarely venture over there with any sort of driving. My son was in art camp uh, this past summer there at FSU. And the second day that I went to pick him up, I thought, oh, I'll just go this way. I used to walk. Oh, I can't go that way. And then I turned around and people were pissed off at me and I was blocking everything. I was like, this is awful. But that said, shiny new things are good for the kids. You're right. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply and if we're just going to continue to add to the legacy of florida state and the allure of florida state football that's fine with me so long as we ironed out all the problems we had and the and the bumpy roads it took to get here now things are flat and smooth and going well it's just one more reason to smile that Florida State's moving towards something good yet again on and off the field and that's not going to be taken for granted by me or anybody else that has had to cover watch care deeply about Florida State football over these last several seasons I I'm just pinching myself on a daily basis that, and I talked to a great couple last night, a a husband and a wife team that came by and said hello and got to chit chatting. And they said, they've been coming to Florida state. They're both graduates. Uh, They graduated in the eighties and they were saying that they have watched it all with Florida state. And we were having that conversation. They, and they seem so overjoyed that we were back to mattering. And this is more evidence again, that things continue to project upwards, which is a good thing. Jeff Cameron show 93, three real talk radio. War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. what time it is maybe you don't maybe you don't it's kind of random you move this thing all over the place because we can it's fun that way keep you guessing cue it up tom let's hear those bubbles it's time for top talk brought to you by pinch a penny pools and spas buy yourself the hot tub you've always wanted at the price you've always wanted from pinch a penny on greer street now it's live to the top i should note before i Venture down the road to Tub Talk, give you the subject matter by which I will be expressing great wonderment. I would tell you that there are over 50 kinds of hot tubs there at the Pinch a Penny, and you get like a family size hot tub. I would not opt for that one, but maybe that's your cup of tea. Maybe you want the whole family in the hot tub with you. I, for one, wouldn't. I don't want all my kids in the hot tub with me. Hell up out of the tub. I would want a nice little side tub for two, me and the wife hanging out after work, that kind of a thing. But you do whatever you got to do for you and go buy Pinch a Penny and find out how affordable it is. And also, they'll deliver the tub. You don't have to, like, find a way to load it up or any nonsense like that. They're just bringing it to the hizzy. And it's very affordable. You'll be surprised. It's time of year to get uh, get get a hot tub of Pinch a Penny. Hey, speaking of which, if we were in the hot tub or, you know, metaphorically, if we, you know, in the hot tub, Tom, is where we're residing currently. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you about this story that I read because I think it's awesome. 
They've recently discovered a 3,200-year-old Egyptian tablet that recorded excuses for why people missed work. Oh, how cool is that? Amongst the excuses were the scorpion bit him. Also, one guy wrote brewing beer. (laughs) How awesome is that? It's so cool. So now, as I read this story, it was written on a stone. They discovered this stone. Ancient Egyptian employers kept track of employee days off in registers written on tablets. This was uh, written by Madeline Muzdakis of My Modern Met. One such artifact, quote, held by the British Museum and dates back to 1250 BCE, is an incredible window into ancient work life, okay? Called Astraka, these tablets were made of flakes of limestone that were used as notepads for private letters, laundry lists they've discovered, records of purchases, copies of literary works as well, discovered along with thousands of others in the tomb builder's village of uh, Deir el Medina. This one had, you can find it at the British Museum if you're going anytime soon, uh, a 3,200-year-old common excuses for absence list. And uh, also one was a guy blamed his wife, said that she was under the weather and he needed to stay with her. I don't know how... In ancient uh, Egypt, that that would have flown? Uh, probably not. A lot of those workers were slaves. That's a tough go. Trying to tell people, I can't can't do it today. The wife's under the weather. But also, a fortifying drink in Egypt was associated with uh, days off. So this guy was talking about it. It was his day to brew beard, uh, beer. Excuse me. Uh, and also, somebody was making a feast for their family was on this list. They were creating a feast. I guess cooking is another way of saying it. All wonderful reasons to miss work. I'm just going to be drinking beer. <laughs> That's my excuse. So I'm very, this is interesting because if you look at the way that we present different eras of, of, of the past, mm. there is like a civilized presentation, which usually starts with post-medieval England, mm. you know, England or the West, whatever. And then there's like this very just beyond grunting noises time where even though well that's the way it's presented in modern right, culture, right, yeah. even though we understand that non-western culture had some of the most civilized people that we've known in our past it's just not we don't see it that way and this is right. this is, i'm now i'm getting into the tub right here right, and, come on in so for example ledgers like when's the only time you see a ledger in a movie about the past it's like 1700 England, you know, it's, it's yeah. uh, Scrooge and uh, it's uh, whatever the guy's name, Tiny Tim's dad, yeah. Bob Cratchit, you know, they're keeping a ledger and there it is. They keep the numbers and maybe uh, Shylock in the way of the merchant of Venice. All right. That guy keeps a ledger, the pound of flesh, you know, yep, yep, yep. by the way, I played him uh, in school uh, <laughs> in a play. Did you really? play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent movie, by the way. <laughs> the adaptation with Jeremy Irons and Al Pacino mm-hmm. and the younger uh, Ralph Fiennes' brother, his younger brother. Very good, very good movie. But not ancient Egypt. Like if you're if you're showing a mart in ancient Egypt, right? You know, it's like two dudes exchanging barter, and then they do like one of these numbers, right? <laughs> you know, and they're like sold, sold, yeah. well said. Yeah. So that we now know that there are these actual ledgers. Yeah. 
keeping documents and point of sale transactions and all that kind of stuff. 3,200 like, plus year old ledger that they discovered with things like, like beer. My wife's under the weather. It was my day to create a feast. <laughs> There's others. I only named some of the ones that kind of jumped off the page at me, for lack of a better term, where I thought, that's incredible. One guy, one guy noted that he couldn't work because he broke his arm yesterday. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, you know, it's like they keep the receipts. We, as the kids say that now, you know, yeah. they brought the receipts. The Egyptians 3,200 yeah. years ago brought the receipts. That's pretty cool. Way to go, Egypt. Nicely done. If you want to go down a silly road and uh, have fun with this, it's a rabbit hole that I do often because I, I love history. You can search the Googles, kids, and find uh, and find ancient diaries. They exist. You can find ancient diaries. You can they, 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 People have put them on the internet, transcribed them photocopied them, done things. You, you can find the most banal, like just everyday life from a thousand years ago. It's like, it's just nuts of somebody walking from one mud filled village, going to another one and encountering all kinds of problems, like getting stuck in said mud and then writing it down in their diary. Like, eh, today was a dreary day. We got stuck in the mud. It's going to be an extra two days before we get to see Aunt Susan over at such and such. It's nuts. But those kinds of things from the Old West all the way to biblical times, all the way to ancient Egypt, Mesopotamia, they, these written records exist. And they've been able to find these various diaries throughout thousands of years and what people were saying. And like graffiti in Rome and things like that. You and I have talked about that before. Like, it was just as juvenile and silly as the graffiti of today. You got guys making fun of other guys because they were weak or they were short or they whatever, or they were slow. It could be anything. Um, there's, you know, obviously sexual innuendo written on the sides of the bathhouses and all these things. Like, I'm just picturing some kid or 18-year-old guy 2,000 years ago chuckling as he's writing in chalk or a stone on the side of a wall well and it might have been uh like a, a, a nine-year-old because a nine-year-old would be an 18-year-old in those days because yeah. the life expectancy was so short yeah, I was say they lived half their life at the and, point that they were nine and also in those days if you called somebody short how short were they right like, because uh, the romans were very short people uh by and large as i like to say but yes danny devito would have been tom cruise short not danny devito short like right. so you know, that's right. Right. It's it, it's uh, I love that part of, you know, we always think that we're on the cutting edge, even though we have the Internet and we have all of these capabilities that nobody has had. And you talk about, you know, a, a fifth grader now learns more in a week than, you know, most people did in their in lives yeah. years ago. Like, I get that there is advancement in that. But when it comes down to basic human to human uh, contact or basic business practices or basic customs. Like, we didn't invent any of this stuff. No. We're not at the cutting edge of anything. These people had receipts. These people had to sign and probably give gratuity if they went to a restaurant just like we do <laughs> right now. I mean, like, we think we invented and we're at the peak of civilization. No, man, before the Dark Ages, I'll bet there was extra stuff that we still don't know about that might be more advanced than we do. Well, they discover stuff like that all the time. That That is the part that is pretty interesting, is they'll find ancient civilizations that have developed a technology that we utilize in today's world, uh, you know, 300 years before we thought it ever had a chance to exist. And, and right. they'll see that. And they, they're forever discovering and changing history's timelines because of it.
Well, okay, Neanderthals. We had this discussion on the show years ago. You brought it to light that Neanderthals, which, you know, the stereotype is those are the folks that don't even speak. They, they grunt at right. each They actually had a language, yes. No, they had social gatherings. Yeah. Like, they had social gatherings. They were doing, you know, they had dances and bonfires and art, and they had all this kind of stuff that they didn't, we, they didn't necessarily lose because they were dumber. They just lost because they lost. Sometimes, I mean, you win and you lose. Some but, of it, some of it was they were dumber. <laughs> some of it, yeah, sure, but it's not exactly like the Crow Magnons were right, like you know, the right. peak of whatever. It's just they, they got a couple of key victories down the line. <laughs> they won in the red zone, Jeff. They won in the red zone. Yeah, of, that, that was a big first down. That right. was a big first down. We we slaughtered that Neanderthal group down the hill, and that was a big get for us. The Neanderthals <laughs> kept kicking field goals in the red zone, you know, and, and they lose 21-18. It's a damn shame. It's a They damn were coached shame. by Paul Christ. <laughs> but it's not like they couldn't move the ball between the 20s, you know? The Neanderthals actually had a little something to them. Mario Cristobal kicked another field goal down 28 points in the third. Yeah, there we go. That's them. That's the Andertals. It's Mario Cristobal's coaching acumen. That's great. <laughs> and this has been Tub Talk. Well, I, got a bonus, I got a bonus topic for you. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, what the hell's going on right now? Pinch, pinch a penny thanks you. Yeah. I thank them if they want to send me a tub for Christmas. I would appreciate that. Me, got- me, me too, Pinch a penny. Me That's too. And if you get the gist of what we're saying, we don't want one tub. We want our own separate. Our yeah, own separate yeah, yeah. Tom and I are not residing in the same tub. I've got the room. So feel free to ship it on into the backyard here. Yeah. And uh, nobody will use it but me. That'll be great. Um, but in the holiday times, mm-hmm. we're often asked by friends and family. And it's like, what do you want? What can I get you for, for Christmas? And it gets harder as you get older. I'm learning this. It gets harder. You don't want for things. Correct. But you need for things. There are things that you need. Like, for example, I told you when I got my dad a shoehorn one year, he's like, all right, a shoehorn. And uh, (laughs) I got my mom a tea kettle and she about cried. I've gotten her personalized crystal pieces. Yeah, beautiful things. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, that's great. That is just great. One more thing that'll collect dust over here. I I get her a tea kettle and she's like, you know, give me the biggest hug I've ever gotten since I, you know, wanted this tea kettle preschool graduation level hug that I got. So I'll tell you, I'll start by saying, here's what I need. And folks can get this. If it pisses you off on War Chant TV, just know it pisses me off doubly. We have an excellent camera atop my thing here, atop my setup. Look, pointing at it right now. Yeah. It is built for low light settings, low light settings. Well, this room in this house gets more sun in the morning and the midday. I'm going to fix that. I need a different camera. And I apologize, folks. Did you just pop a beer? I did not pop a beer. No, there's no beer here. Oh. I pulled the thing off this mic that was bothering me, and I shouldn't have done it, so I had to put it back. It sounded like a pop of a can. <laughs> no, that would have been awesome. We're truly tub talking it over here. Yeah, so in the tub talk, you know, if we're just sitting out there looking at the stars, we're at a hotel resort, so we have to share a hot tub. So you know what I need? This damn camera. I'm sliding every which way to Sunday. Every show that we do, if we record the mid-morning, that's going to be fixed in the new year. That's what I need. What do you need? Some blackout curtains, buddy. You'll be that's good. what I need. Yes, I'm getting some damn blackout curtains. What do you need? I don't need anything. I told people not to get me anything. I did. I, I, I said that. I don't need anything. Uh, well, I need, like, major renovations done to my house. If you want to purchase that for me, you can <laughs> You need you need a fifty four degree wedge is what you need. 
That is true. I do need a 54-degree wedge. But luckily, I have a dear friend and golfing buddy who's sworn he's going to get that for me. So it'll happen. It'll happen. And uh, there you go. Yeah, I do need a 54-degree wedge. I need to play more golf, period. That's what I need to do. I need to play a lot more golf in the new year. So there you go, everybody. If you're thinking about plotting to get me a gift, give me the gift of golf this year. <laughs> it's the end of tub talk. I actually don't want anything. I, I, I tell my kids that all the time. I want them to, like, clean their room. That's what I want for Christmas. I'll be, oh, what a Christmas morning this is. <laughs> Take me fishing. It is very good that as you get older, hopefully as you grow, generally, you – want less things you want for less things because you know what happens when you end up having a decent job if you want something you go buy it like once you get a decent job you're not waiting till christmas it could be march the second i'm gonna ride the hell over and buy my new tv that's what i'm gonna do because i want one that's why i'm a grown-ass man i'm gonna go get that tv today you don't wait around for christmas christmas is for kids because they don't have any money they're not working they gotta wait you know what the best part of Christmas is, is when you meet up with your friends, wherever it is, you know, it could be a happy hour. It could be a dinner, a proper mm -hmm. dinner, because you're catching up for the first time in a while. And you just take care of the dad. Like, yeah, you know, that's is. the best. It's like, hey, Merry Christmas you know, like, yeah. or happy holidays, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, here you go. You know, this rounds on me, guys. Like, oh, you shouldn't. That's the best when you could just do things with people. And treat them. Treat when them. you're young, you can never envision a time where you and your friends would fight to see who pays a sizable bill. <laughs> like if you're at dinner for hours, that bill is sizable. Yeah, yeah. If at least if you're with my friends. And so the next thing I know, it's like you've got six dudes going, no, 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 I, I've got it. I've got the damn bill. There was, in your early 20s, there was never going to be a day where the six yep. of you were going to fight to pay a $400 tab. No, and it escalates because when you turn 21 or 22 and you have a chance to buy your family a drink, you know, like, let me get you around. They're like, holy cow. It's like a rite of passage. You could buy yeah. your dad a beer at the bar, you know, something like that. You college kids out there, you go, you go through that as you get older, and it's a really good moment. But then there's a lull for about 10 or 15 years where you can't exactly treat them to a fine steak dinner, you know, because you're still too poor yeah. to make yeah. that happen. Yeah. But as you climb that ladder, you're right. And then the loser of the arm wrestling match, so to speak, always says, well, screw you. I'm throwing the tip down. Don't be an a-hole. And they yeah. pull out the wad of cash and you over tip. So the server's thrilled because yeah. you're overpaying. Yeah. And it's great. It's a great experience for all. But that's what if you come in second place, you better throw down some cash for the tip. And Got to. No, no questions asked about that. Got to. And by the way, I think it's funny. You just identified that one sweet spot where you're old enough to buy your family members a beer or a drink of their choice, whatever it might be, but poor enough not to offer to pay for the dinner. That's hilarious. That's that window known uh, amongst most of us as no, no, no. You can have a rolling rock. Oh, it's Pinch a Penny. It is Tub Talk. Thanks. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. <laughs> Tom and I figured out the Bucks' next move, and that is, let's say Brady 
moves on or retires at the end of this year, you can start Trask, who does not appear to be the future, given that he often doesn't dress for games on Sunday. If you were moving towards Kyle Trask to be your quarterback, you'd think you'd get him in a game or two here and there, especially when you're down 35 to nothing. Uh, you, you might put him out there, but uh, they haven't. They haven't played him. And so you got to start him next year, Tom, because what you want, and you and I both know this, you want to draft Caleb Williams. That's what you want to do. So just start Trask, win one or two games, finish with the worst record next year, and go get you the franchise uh, starring quarterback the following year. That's it. That's the yeah. pick. No problem. And if you, you know, for some reason you don't get Caleb, you just take JT 13 and here we go, buddy. We're oh, rolling on it. Big River. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. On that note, San Francisco 49ers linebacker Drew Greenlaw said he had a quote fangirl moment when he intercepted Tom Brady over the weekend. And then he decided to see if Tom would sign the football after the game. Um, it was blank for me, to be honest, joked Brady, who was joined by comedians Adam Sandler, Bill Burr, and Tracy Morgan recently. He said, um, complete blank, but I try to be a gentleman. So he's talking about that's the Let's Go podcast that he does. And actually, it's a pretty good podcast if you have Adam Sandler, Bill Burr, and Tracy Morgan with you this particular time. That's better than Jim Gray, um, who he's usually with. So I just have Bill Burr and him. That's all you need. Uh, but that said, he's talking about, yeah, it sucked for me. I had to sign that ball after the game, but I'm trying to be a gentleman. And it reminded me of a story I've told on the air many times, and it warmed my heart when it happened many, many, many moons ago, and it still makes me smile today because these are the moments that reveal that guys are like kids still. They're just playing a kid's game. And my good buddy is in this picture behind me. See, there's William Floyd, and there's Tommy Carter, and that's me at William's wedding. Anyhow, a little humble brag, but Tommy there, that guy, played in the NFL for, I think, nine years, ten years. Uh, his first interception was off of Dan Marino, and he did it on Monday Night Football. And I was watching with my parents, and we leapt from the couch and hugged and celebrated that Tommy Carter, my former quarterback and good friend, had an interception and he had picked off Dan Marino. And he tells the story that after the game, he walked over to the Dolphins locker room. He didn't know that you weren't supposed to do that. And he left his locker room, walked over to their locker room and asked if he could speak with Dan Marino. And they looked at, at him like he was crazy and then said, well, I guess they were kind of worried that there was going to be a fight. And then he just, like a little kid sheepishly walked over to Dan Marino and said, Mr. Marino, would you be nice enough to sign this? I, I'm the one who intercepted it. <laughs> and then Dan Marino said, sure. What's your name? How funny is that? It's funny because I would assume that Dan Marino is uh, not the welcoming type. So I'm a little surprised by that story every time you tell it. He's yeah, but it's cool that he did it, right? Like, I mean, there is a little kid in all of us watching football, even the ones playing it at the highest level. And it just happened again. So there's that guy. He's sitting there like, I just picked off Tom Brady. I just picked off Tom Brady. Um, and you know, Greenlaw is just like anybody else. Like, Dre Greenlaw is thinking to himself, they can never take this away from me. I could be out of the league in a year. I picked off Tom Brady. Really cool. Cool moment. 
Well, if he throws the ball like he did in the second half against San Francisco, there's going to be a lot of dudes. There's going to be a line of people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's just going to be like 10 guys in the next two weeks. Mr. Brady, could you sign? This is my second interception. This was the one in the second quarter. He's walking in. He's like this. He's got four footballs. Yeah. You know, I want to ask you this. I had a conversation with my brother in New Hampshire, and he brought up a good point. Okay, so we were talking about why is Brady still playing? And I I, I don't know. It's such a fundamental question. It can't be for money. Mm-mm. It can't be for, I mean, I guess it would be for what, championships? Well, he's got more than anybody ever. I don't. I mean, no quarterback any uh, more than any quarterback ever. I don't like prestige. What? What? He owns every record just about. Like, what is he playing for? So yeah. it can't it can't be for your family. He lost that. So what? Who? What is he playing for? And the more you ask the question and you repeat it, the more you think maybe he is just playing for money. Um, he. I suppose he could be, but I, you know, actually, allow me to. Uh, Quote Steve Young of all people. Oh, okay. Uh, Steve Young, I know. Not which version? Something. Which version of the wig did Steve have on when well, he uh, when he espoused whatever it is you're about to uh, tell us? A, a recent version, but okay. this was you know he was doing a voiceover for a little vignette that they ran before Monday Night Football, and I don't usually watch pregame shows. I just had it on. Yeah, it's on in the background. Sure, on the background. But they ran a piece, and he said that basically. If you are like Brady is a star quarterback at the NFL level, you died twice. It is a death to leave the game because there is nothing so all consuming in your life as being a quarterback at this level. What it takes to it, like there's a great piece, actually, uh, if it wasn't this week, it was the week prior. And it was on Andrew Luck years later. Yeah. Yeah. At his retirement. And documenting what happened to him during his career and Andrew talked about how he was so he was so immersed in the character of being a quarterback this is a this is a longer story so I'll try and make it short he joins the Colts organization yeah number one pick whole thing yep Peyton Manning ran that organization from the top down like Peyton Manning did not the general manager sure. not the head coach Peyton ran the thing the top down so when he got there Everybody was saying, you've got to fill that void and you basically have to run everything. And it wasn't in his nature. He liked to be a a player's guy. He wanted to be one of the guys. So he had to step outside of himself, go to this place to the point that where he would have dinners with his offensive linemen, he'd order for them. He said, you're having this. You are eating this. Wow. Like that's like, that is how crazy he had to become. And he had to do it for his fiance. Like his fiance was being dictated to, and she's her own person and a strong figure so they almost got divorced he decided this is getting too much i'm also getting banged up i'm quitting so those are all the factors right he wanted to step out of the character and be the man that he is correct and the writer that he's talking to he tried to order for him earlier on the writer's like why the hell would i take no i'm ordering what the hell i want he goes you're getting this you're getting this like no i'm not so like andrew had to learn how to step outside of this all-consuming deal and he (laughs) wanted to because he hated himself when he was that level of an a-hole and a quarterback and an alpha. Anyway, that sheds some light into the way that they are expected to operate now. And when Steve Young says you die twice, if you leave the game, 
as that kind of a quarterback. He suppose he, he um, is assuming that when Brady left for 40 days or whatever it was, 30 yeah. days, that he realized this is the death of who I am. I can't do it. Sure, sure. Yeah. So it's a fear. It's a fear of, in a way, dying. And, you know, Coach Bowden talked about this 10, 15 years ago. If you're a lifer in the coaching industry, if, if you leave the game, you're basically just waiting to die. So because because the identity of who you are is already gone. It's everything tied into, yeah. So that's a long way of answering the question, but I think that's actually what's going on. I think Steve Young offered an insight, which is amazing, and I think that's what Brady feared who he was going to be after, and he said, nope, not yet. I'm not ready for this. Well, right, so you have to mentally prepare to give up the thing that is the most identifying factor or feature of who you are, sure. And he is always going to be the greatest quarterback that ever played. That is the identifying feature of Tom Brady, that he is the greatest quarterback, that and his weave. And so it's going to be very difficult. I don't know that he'll ever do it unless he does the thing that some guys do, which is all of a sudden is completely gone from the limelight. And you read stories about him in like Zimbabwe in a hut doing like yoga, like doing something, you know what I mean? Like just going to be all by yourself and figuring out who you are. Well, I think it was Staubach. If it wasn't, it was somebody of that era that talked to Steve Young when he left and they, and he gave him the advice, which was when you quit, don't walk away, run away. Like you've got to go. You got to go. You've got to go. And there has to be this transition period. So like maybe some guys can go straight into the booth and analyze like Tony Romo, but that most of the, if you get to this superstardom level, the best thing you can do is just get the hell out of Dodge. And Brady clearly wasn't willing to do that within a week of him retiring. He's at a pro-am. They interview him and he goes, you know, it's just, it's just not the same, you know. <laughs> and he could tell that I think it maybe lasted a week, if that, where he's like, this isn't, no, this is not going to work. Well, and also there's a thought that he was doing that to placate his wife's demands. And right. then if you're going to get a divorce, what the hell am I doing? I'm getting a divorce anyhow. I'm going to play football. You, 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 if you're going to ride, ride. I'm, I'm going to play some football. You know, I left for you. But when I was leaving, I wasn't sure that I liked you all that much. (laughs) Now I know. I liked you when we were at this kind of a distance. I really love it when you're not around. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've discovered. And you may be happier when I'm not around. So that spells out for all of us what needs to happen here. Like when I'm at practice, you're happier. (laughs) So that's it. And we thought we'd be better off together, but this this isn't going to work. So you keep the house in France. I'll take the one in Australia, and we'll move on from here. Yeah. 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 Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.